on Big V Racing. Green light on with Dan Malicki. 12 past 12, just before we hit the day, we'll tidy up the toe to be race 5 at Shepparton. The winner, 2 global fix, 2 even, 110, 4 stellar rising, 860, 1 short deuce, 240, and 4 6 crack and presto. Quinella was $26.90, the exactor 84.60, trifecta 276.60, and the four $4,102.90. Jack put a 209, running double seven and $18.30. Dan Malicki joining us now, and uh, I reckon Dan has been pacing the box looking forward to the Inter-Dominion on Saturday night. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. Uh, after the Breeders' Crown last week, I mean, the full focus oh. was there and it didn't let us down. And then all of a sudden you think, wow, it's in a Dominion next week. So uh, I thought I was going to have a, um, a little bit of a, a freshen up before Saturday night. But before you knew it, the fields were out and um, the focus is well and truly on the first round of heats at Ballarat. Well, you know someone else I reckon will be looking forward to this is Luke McCarthy. He's with us now, Dan. G'day, Luke. Yeah, g'day, guys. Now you've got uh, Expensive Ego. He's racing well at the moment, and he's right in the market, Luke. Yeah, he's really good. He's just won the Victorian Cup. And, um, we just, yeah, we've done all the best and everything. We couldn't find anything wrong with him. So we turned the page on that. He came out and won at the Mangle, and he had a trial in 10 days ago. Tried really nice. So he's going to the race, um, fit and healthy, and we're looking forward to it. Um, Luke, how are the four horses? And I'll run through them. Expensive Ego, Ultra Orlando, Spread of St. Louis and AG's White, White Sox. How have they settled in? I'm on my way down now, Dan. So hopefully they settle in good when I get there. So you can, you can advise us tomorrow. But how were they when you left then? Really good. Um, they've all had a good weekend. Uh, Ego, like to mention, has won his last start. He's come out one first up from the spell. Expensive ego, the draw. How how do you fancy that? Where you're starting from, Luke? Oh, he's going to have to do a bit of work. Luke, I was Luke. looking back through his form. He, he had to run the Ballarat Cup there a while ago, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, that night, the lead time was actually six seconds faster than the previous year. You know, he'd done a power of work and only got beaten four metres on the line by through St. Louis. So he handled the track well and, um, you know, hopefully he can run as a great. Luke, that race, I, I'd love your impression of it. Looking at it, there were more leaders than you'd find in the federal election. Everyone wanted to go to the front. Yeah, look, I actually thought Ego went great that night. And he was involved in that quick lead time, and then just when he was looking for that breather, Max Da Vinci come charging up through wide, and we didn't get one. And, you know, that made it the race for Spirit of St. Louis, and that's racing, you know, just that's what happened. Ultra Orlando. Um the more I'm looking at that race, I'm giving him a really good chance because I'm thinking he's a he could cross and lead in his heat, Luke. Um, when you consider there's only one horse in the Inter Dominion Pacing Series of 2022 that has won over a million dollars, it's him. It's Ultra Orlando. Is he the forgotten horse? Yeah, he's, 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 he's
Oh, I wouldn't say he's forgotten or thing because he, he's getting on a bit now. He's 11. And, you know, he's done an amazing job to win over a million. But I think a few of the younger horses have probably just got that bit more X factor about him. But in saying that, he's, I think he's win one of his three starts to go. Jack led on him over 2300. And, and he beat a, a really nice field run good time. So there's nothing wrong with the way he's going. And with his gate speed, he always makes sure he's in a handy spot. Luke, aging's White Sox, from that draw, what will you do? Obviously, will you try and get across? Yeah, you've got to, got to work forward and try and put yourself in a handy position. I think he's going pretty good, so we'll go forward and try and be handy. How do you rate him in that race? I mean, he's $34, but tell you what, if he puts it his best, he's a real good each-way chance. Yeah, I think he's definitely an each-way chance. And like I said, on the clock, there's nothing wrong with the way he's going, and... Um, yeah, I'll try and roll forward and make sure they're in the handy spot. And uh, Spirit of St. Louis, that, that first up win, I mean, he, he did the job in fine style. I get the feeling there'd be a bit of improvement to come out of uh, of that performance, Luke. Yeah, it was just, it worked out perfect, Dan. Jack just drove in the tree, just lobbed him in one-one and done no work. And just a really nice soft win first up. And, you know, he's had plenty of work, but that run... You know, a fortnight out, and he'll, he'll just build through the series. Um, like we seen him last year when he won the Edigo Shepherd and Nullite Cup, like he just got better with everyone. So, mm. yeah, he, he seems really well. Tricky draw, but um, I'm sure he'll be running on really good. Luke, of the four, which is your, your, your best chance? Is it expensive ego? Oh, look, it's hard to separate Lewis and ego. Um, they're different sort of style of horses, but, um, you know, just whoever got the right run, there's not a lot between. They all tra- all good travellers. Yeah, they've done enough of it now. Yeah. All all boy, they they travelled since they were juvenile, so now they they handle it well. And Bit of fun. unfinished business too, eh? After last year, particularly with expensive ego, um, you get sick of hearing that. Well, I don't think they sound the protest siren anymore. But I tell you what, if they did, it'd be something you'd want to keep blocking your ears about. <laughs> Poor buggy, you've got to feel sorry for him. He loses an Inter Dominion on protest, which must have hurt you big time, but he's very next start or two starts later he loses one on protest down here in Melbourne. So you feel like he's been an un, um, you know, life has been a bit unfair to him on the racetrack and there might be something better to uh, even things out this time. Oh, you can only hope so, Dan, that um, look at racing and sometimes everything's happened. So, but look, he's, he's, he's a really nice horse and you know, hopefully, we think we've got him back to that form of the chariot for fire and when you're on the second team in the American Island, he's in the Indian campaign was super last year. So it's all sides of the same thing like that again. So hopefully he can come out and perform up to that level. Hey, Luke, how do you uh, find driving at Ballarat? you like it there? Yeah, yeah, it's a good track. Uh, all the tracks that are racing on the Melbourne are great tracks, 1,000-metre tracks, and... Um, Oh, particularly Melton's my favourite, but um, I, I watch Shepparton. Um, yeah, they're they're all good tracks. Well, sprint lane two this yeah. time. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it needed it or not, but um, I guess to have the heat there to keep up the consistency for the punters, they probably had to do it. But I'm not worried about that either way. Well, Luke, safe travelling, and uh, we appreciate your time today. We really do, and good luck. Let's hope uh, you get the best out of all horses. That way, at least you go home happy, don't you? Yeah, 
No, thanks, guys. I'm just looking forward to being a part of the challenge. Terrific. Thanks, Luke. Luke McCarthy joining us there, Dan, and uh, taking some nice chances between the four of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of them have uh, been there and won Ballarat Cups, AJ's White Sox, mm. and, of course, uh, Spirit of St. Louis, who took everything before him. Um, I'm thinking Ultra Orlando. I don't think he can win the series, but I think he can give the first heat a bit of a shake. Um, he's at good odds there, but he's got the gate speed to cross. Um, so he's, a, he's a, a horse that I'm interested in, but, you know, he's quartet of horses. They could very easily come out on night one and be clear favourites for the series. It's it's one of the most open that I can recall, uh, the pacing series. Uh, and the New South Wales horses in particular uh, are dominating the market, but dominating it in a wide betting race at this stage from around the $5 mark. Horses like Spirit of St. Louis, Expensive Ego and Majestic Cruiser. I tell you what is short, just believe, a dollar ninety-five in that trotting championship, heat one, race two. Yeah, and look, he'll be very hard to beat. He's got the barrier draw advantage over Queen Alita, who's taking on the boys, the older boys this time. Just Believe's been in terrific form, can make his own luck. So I think if you're a fan of Queen Alita, you're going to get a bit of value about her chances, but it's important to remember it's a three heats. It's a series, and, and while you can bet on every race individually, um, you know, Queen Alita importantly needs to get through that series. Mm. Just Believe's been around the block a few more times, and... Look, both horses are in peak form, but I, I was angling towards Just Believe. I think Ballarat's one of those tracks where uh, if you're up on pace at this level, it is uh, is a big advantage. Queen Alita's known for being a, a sit sprinter, and I'm sure she will run well, but she's going to be giving uh, Just Believe, I would imagine, a bit of a start. He's out there in the broadcast box, aren't you, Dan? Well, if you're letting me know and, I, I, and I'm not aware, there's something wrong with the way I'm going about my work. <laughs> Thank break, you. There is a breakdown in communication, Dan. <laughs> if that's the situation, mate, I've got to tell you. Now, we're uh, going to do a really big preview tomorrow of uh, the night. But, gee, what a night it is. We've just got fantastic racing at Ballarat. Uh, I have a chat with Paul Rouse a little later on. They've got the, the sprint lane in there they've put in for this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, under the the conditions of the uh, the Inner Dominion, which I haven't really got my head around, I don't know why they really need one for Ballarat. It's best known without it. Um, but anyway, it's something to do with the rules with the Inner Dominion that all three heats uh, have the uh, have a sprint lane uh, available, and it will at Ballarat. So that's just something to factor in that you wouldn't used to be factoring in when you're looking at at Ballarat. Uh, on uh, on Saturday night, and look, when there is a sprint lane in, that can change uh, driving tactics a fair bit. Um, so it's worth bearing in mind anyway, because points are of the premium. Uh, to get into the grand final, you accumulate the the highest twelve point scorers will get in here. Um, so a lot of the driving tactics, or some of them at least, uh, could have a bearing on that, and it's worth keeping in mind. Now, Dan, tomorrow we're going to be joined by Brittany Graham, and she must be so excited. On Saturday night, 12 past 7, in the uh, Trotting Championship first round, she goes around behind Majestic Harry driving. Yeah, and the uh, the family are involved here as well, which is great to see, and um, she'll be working uh, for both Sky Racing and, and for Trots Vision on the night. So she's a busy girl. She's done it before and done it very successfully. Um, she uh, does a wonderful job. Uh, through her role with Sky Racing, but she's also a very talented driver, and I'm not just saying that because mm. she's going to be a guest. She really is uh, a wonderful horsewoman as well, and uh, to kill a few birds with one stone and have a drive uh, in the Inter Dominion for the Trotters uh, must be a real highlight for Brittany. So she'll be looking forward to it on many fronts. And Majestic Harry, he's, been a t- he's not the biggest horse, but I tell you what, he's been tough up there at the Creek in Brisbane at Albion Park. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, to warrant uh, to come down here, you've got to be going uh, well enough. And there's three heats this year as well. Uh, opens it up a little bit more uh, for a few other horses that probably wouldn't normally get in. I'm not saying he wouldn't have got in, but at least he comes down here with winning form. He's won two of his last three starts. So it's either now or never. If you've got a trotter at the high level and they're winning races, you have to seriously consider bringing him down for the Inner Dominion. And, uh, you know, he's earned uh, his uh, chance to uh, compete. Uh, against Australasia's best trotters. Dan, I love nothing better than seeing uh, the trotters in just in, in full flight. It's a, a beautiful sight. And um, somebody said that a lot of the drivers say that the thrill of sitting behind one when they're perfectly balanced and, and just flying along, nothing can equal it. And it's so good to see the trotting actually boom at the moment, isn't it? Not just here in Victoria, but they're, they're coming from interstate too. Oh, look, it's fantastic. That's what the Inter Dominion was all about, really, getting the best of the best from every... Uh, state and and both islands of uh, of New Zealand. So um, we want to have horses represented by every state. That's that's what we remember the Inter Dominion to be. So that part is important. Uh, just as important having Bolt for brilliance here. He'll uh, run favourite. He's favourite for the series, and he'll run favourite in heat number two. But he is probably the second best trotter in New Zealand. But we need that New Zealand connection. Um, all of our carnivals over the past have been dependent on that representation from NZ, and at least we've got one of the really good ones in the trotting ranks in Bolt for Brilliance. Now, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. There's one horse that fascinates me tomorrow on uh, Saturday night in the 4th, a uh, West Australian, terrific form, first up, and that's B4 Bacardi. Emma Stewart's got it now. Gary Hall Jr. drove it in uh, Western Australia. They just put a picket fence together. It has. It came from Victoria initially. Andy Gath used to train it, and um, he probably got it in his mark a little bit and found the right place to go, but he'll come with a, a head full of confidence. You see a horse with a picket fence next to its name and Emma Stewart trains it, it's not really a big surprise. But to be a trotter, um, and I'd say Clayton would have had a lot to do with that, I think uh, he prefers the trotters more than Emma does, but nonetheless, the, the team of them together, um, it's not going to hurt staying there. And, and Gary Hall, uh, Jr., is uh, has been driving the horse regularly, and um, he also uh, actually Mark Pitt's going to take the drive. But um, you know, this is a horse that's got good form. It's stepping up a lot in class, though. Uh, I got to I got to suggest that you mm. know, when he left here, he was about fifty metres below this class, but he was also young enough to continue to improve. So he is an intriguing runner, particularly when you see Emma Stewart now uh, training this horse. Well, looking at another of Emma's, Act Now is putting the picket fence together as well, and uh, it was a tough win the other night, wasn't it? He's a good horse, Act Now, there's no doubt about that. I, I don't know that he can beat his stable mate, Mac Dan. I really think Mac Dan is in the zone um, with his Geelong Cup win, and then his win the other night, sitting without cover and beating um, Honolulu Bay. Uh, both horses are quick beginners, but I doubt Act Now could cross Mac Dan. He might have to do it the hard way. But as I said, this is an Inter-Dominion series, and it's important picking up points, and that's the uh, the collection of points over three rounds to get you into that grand final. And look, Acknow's he's uh, at the top of his game now, three wins this prep, but the difference in this race will be which horse leads. And I think it's either of the Emma Stewart horses. I'm thinking it'll be Mac Dan. In fact, I'm thinking Mac Dan, if he continues to draw well through the series, he's got a big chance of being able to win the whole thing. Hey, Dan, Majestic Cruiser, the draw on the inside of the second row, although uh, Alpine Strides come out now. 
Alpine Striders out, so Monomia gets in his first emergency, and while she's one of the rank outsiders, uh, she's part owned by Rob Orber, so that's a big thrill uh, to get a horse in the Inter Dominion. Um, and I, look, personally, I was pleased to see that the emergencies were put outside of the normal draw. I've, I've been on about that for a long time. I don't like seeing emergencies drawn in the field. I much prefer to see them either drawn seven or outside of the back row. They are in this case. Now, she's got a challenge from that draw, but she would have been there anyway because she was ODM. Um, so she still would have started from that position. She gets a run. Um, but the horse you mentioned is a majestic cruiser. Look, I think Victorians continue to underestimate him. I would be one of those. I'm a Victorian. Uh, because we remember when he was here. He's a different horse now. His performances in New Zealand have been outstanding. Runner-up in the race. He won another feature race over there. And then, of course, in the two big ones during New Zealand Cup Week was runner-up in both. He's a seriously good horse, and he's a good set sprinter. Barrier 8, look, he might get wedged away and need a bit of luck, but clearly he gets to the line strongly. He should get the right run, whether he's leaders back or perhaps three back the inside. Um, he might be a good each-way play, but he's favourite for the series or equal favourite for the series. And on his form and the horses that he's been running against, you, you get why. Dan, when you look through, Emma Stewart's got a, again a stable full of horses in there. And we'll go through the, you know, the, a really in-depth in uh, preview tomorrow. Which do you think is the best of her chances on the night? Oh, I think MacDan for sure, yeah. um, and not just for the night, maybe for the series, maybe for the grand final. He, um, if he drew barrier two in a grand final, you know, it depends on where the others have drawn as well, but he'd definitely be a winning chance. Uh, if he drew 12 and the key hopes are drawn the front line, that might even it out a little bit. But I really like the way this fellow's going. I think he's the best chance. Um, so I've clearly got him on top. But if Ack now drew three in the final with the gate speed he's got, he's going to be a very hard horse to get past as well. Other thing to keep in mind, too, is these horses that have three runs in a week, because it's Saturday, Tuesday, then Saturday, the grand final of the week later, they get a chance to freshen up. But see how those horses come through that. It's it's easier looking at them going into round number one, and they're all fresh enough, and they're, they're spot on for their first assignment. But, but you know, depending on what sort of a runs that they have the first round, what sort of barrier draws they get the second round, and how they come through, if indeed they do come through the third round to make the uh, the grand final, all have a bearing on it. Um, so there's a bit of Nostradamus within all of our thoughts, I think, uh, Sean, to see how they get through the series. But I think a, a horse like Mac Dan won't have any problem with that. Dan, another stable that's firing, and uh, they get a couple of nice chances to Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugar's Better Eclipse is drawn beautifully. Uh, look, just to the level of professionalism they have got to, Jess left her full-time job. They put a lot of money into their property, their horses, uh, the horses that, got, that they're improving. They've got a good stable of horses, top-quality horses, Group 1 horses at the moment. Um, they're, they're the stable that are coming out and are going to be challenging uh, perhaps uh, the Emma Stewart camp in the direction that they're going. And the, look, you're right, they've got chances in both of the Trotters and the Pacers. They'll have two favourites in the Trotters division on Saturday night in Just Believe and also uh, one overall is very exciting. Can be a bit risky though. I think I'd prefer to be taking Just Believe uh, than, uh, than um, 
uh, one overall at, at odds on. But in the, uh, they've both got super chances, don't get me wrong, one overall when he does it all right. He's a very good horse. And in the pacing ranks, the good draw with better Eclipse, that's a mm-hmm. key. That would have been wrapped to get that draw. He's a really good sit sprinter. He's toughened up a bit. He can make use of Barry number one, but he's better following a helmet, I think. And from that draw, he'll start a short price favourite. They'll be $2. looking 10. to get maximum points. Yeah, or well, well, he's $2.10, but yeah. I think he's the horse to beat in that uh, that final heat, and he, he get key points there, uh, which also has a bearing on, you know, they get a bad draw the next time around. Uh, you don't have to press the trigger too early. Um, he, he's a good horse, set for this series, and I, I think it's a year that's going to suit for four-year-olds. I'm surprised there's not a lot more four-year-olds in the race because I think this race series really uh, suits them. I think if Rock and Roll Do was there, it would have been right up his alley. Um, but, of course, he went to New mm. Zealand. Uh, they're going to miss. Better things might happen as a result of them missing it, but I, I still think the great opportunity is there for a four-year-old in the Inter-Dominion for not just the pacing, the trotting as well. Hey, Dan, I'll tell you what, on, you look at the the tab at the moment, that's race six, the uh, second heat of the paces. That's an open betting race. Zeus Bramax, $3.30. You've got three uh, sixty about Honolulu Bay, five fifty Majestic Cruiser, and five dollars yeah. about Spirit of St Louis. Spirit of St Louis, look, he's got the tougher draw this time, but his form improved once he went south. He, he's formed last prep from Bendigo, Shepherd, and Ballarat, and then to Melton, and his performance in the Hunter Cup it was excellent as well. So it's just a bad gate there, but class wise. I'm a little surprised he is, they're as generous with the odds with Spirit of St. Louis, even though his task might be a little bit harder. He is second up. He'll improve further with the run. Um, but if this was this race was run and it was in a straight line, uh, no doubt that Spirit of St. Louis Majestic Cruiser would be clear first and second picks. Felicky uh, today. Hey, Dan, tomorrow um, we're going to do a, a, a full preview of the meeting between 12.30 and 1, yourself, John Ears, and uh, also Brittany Graham. But Tony Hurley here will join us, and he's behind uh, Bolt for Brilliance in uh, race three there on Saturday night. Yeah, the Kiwi uh, star, Kiwi trotter, who, who's come over here with a, uh, under a little bit of a cloud um, because his performances, his last couple, have been below par. Uh, he was expected to win both of his races through that New Zealand Cup Carnival, the Kaikoura one first of all, and then, of course, uh, at, uh, at Addington. Um, he, at his best, I think rightly goes in as the number one seed, but he gets a really good draw to start off with. So he's got gate speed. So is Majestuoso, but there is a sprint lane here. And that's uh, getting back to what I was talking about before, whether or not Majestuoso, he can get a bit keen on his races and, and whether or not uh, he'd be preferring to get a sit uh, to try to out sprint bowl for brilliance. It'll be interesting first 50 metres because sometimes Majestuoso can have a mind of his own and even though your thought might be to do one thing, he might want to do the other. But bowl for brilliance is a pretty quick beginner as well. Um, it's good to see him here and it'd be good to have a chat to t- Tony to see how the horse has settled in mm. and if he thinks the horse can find his best. Because if he does find his best, or the greater majority of that, uh, he's clearly the horse to beat through the series. If he comes here three lengths below his best, he could still probably win, but uh, it gives uh, a few other rivals um, a, biz- a bit of positivity going into these series. Now, the interesting in the market, Bolt for Brilliance, a dollar eighty-five, Majestuoso two fifteen, and it's basically double figures after that. So there's nothing between them on the total on fixed odds at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, there wouldn't be either, and 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 I guess a lot. 
will be determined by what Tony Hurley thinks about Bolt for Brilliance, whether he comes here and he might just be sharpened up for the run or whether he's spot on for the run. And, look, it wouldn't shock me to see those prices turn around based on some of the things Tony might say tomorrow. And the other thing to keep into uh, uh, remember, too, is Sundon's courage can get out off the gate very quickly and so can always ready. There's a couple of horses with brilliant gate speed that could test them in the early part. And while Majestuoso and Bolt for Brilliance are both good off the gate, so are Sundon's Courage and so are Always Ready. If Sundon's Courage and Always Ready don't press the button at the start of the race, they may well be caught out wide or having to go back. So they might try to make it interesting at the start. So I don't necessarily think that race is as straightforward as maybe it looks on paper with the market suggesting it might be a two-horse race. A couple of other nice races in the program. The first, Jack's Hawks, nice and short for Emma Stewart, not a 20. Yeah, looks the one to beat. Um, it, building up, uh, obviously, a, a head full of confidence, but also a picket fence, and uh, it should be a shorty that kicks off uh, positively for punters in the opening race. Mm, and I'm looking later on the night, the eighth there, she's got can't top this for Zumi, with a picket fence beside it, and also got uh, the rack on tour, which has put two together since the spell. It can't top this might be a bit tougher because it's drawn the back row and there's some nice sources on the front line. It is over the short, so it might be a bit of a risk. Definitely a winning chance, but there's some pretty handy horses on the front line. The captain on that front row drawn wide will be very hard to beat. He should be able to lead there. And the other runner you mentioned of um, of Emma's is the raconteur, who's in terrific form at the moment, and, and I'd say he's the one to beat in race nine. All right, Dan, great to catch up, mate. Really appreciate your time. It's an exciting time. We'll have a chat with Paul Rouse in a moment, the CEO from Ballarat, um, about what they get planned for the night. It'll be a ripper night there. You'll be looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Ballarat do a wonderful job. So it's it's the venue to come to. Their, uh, their dining packages, look, they've probably sold them out. If they've not, I'm sure uh, uh, he'll mention that. But even on a night that is not into Dominion night, you want to go. It's a wonderful night. You really get looked after there. It's a great place. They're very professional. And I'm thoroughly uh, looking forward to the first night of the ID at Ballarat. Good on you, Dan. We'll uh, hear you a bit later on with the, uh, the next of Melton in about five minutes. Look forward to it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Dan. Dan Malecki, fantastic job for us.